Welcome to the Crypto Witch Club podcast, a space for all to learn about blockchain tech. Join us as we demystify NFTs, report on crypto culture, and navigate Web3. On this episode of the Crypto Witch Club podcast, we dig into protocols, what they do, and why they're important. We'll also talk about the Ethereum upgrade and what to expect as they shift from proof of work to proof of stake. We'll try to describe Web3 in one word and chat about our favorite tweets from the week. Finally, we'll discuss the importance of microeducation and learning from others. Enjoy. I made um, my husband watch Lord of the Rings too yesterday, and he's really into Game of Thrones and you know, that type of genre, but he'd never seen Lord of the Rings, which I thought was horrifying, but he does it really begrudgingly. Like even when we turned on like the second one, he was like, oh, this again. But then he like (laughs) would not, he was transfixed. He loved it, right? He loves it. He just can't admit it. And I'm like, you have to understand. No, he's just like, it's cool. It's pretty long though. I don't need like, you know, I don't need this speech. But I was like, you have to remember, this is before Game of Thrones. Yeah, like, when this, were they released? I was probably ninth grade, eighth grade when the first one came out. So that's like 2002. Okay. Three? Early. They're old. <laughs> Just like us. But yeah, he pretends he's like not into it, but he is. But the second movie is my favorite because the, the ants, the tree people, they're mad about the destruction. They like come to life and like release the dam. Yeah. I love them. They're my favorite. I like the new ones, The Hobbits, The Demolition of Smog. I haven't seen it. Or Desolation of Smog. I haven't seen it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. We have to watch those. Yes. I have to watch the other Harry Potter one too. Magical Beast, the second one. Mm Mm-hmm. It's on my list. I'm kind of like embarrassed. I've never seen it. I like think I like it better than Harry Potter. Like right? Harry Potter is like really nostalgic. Mm-hmm. Like I love it because when I was a kid, I was mm-hmm. really into it. But like as an adult, so I'm kind of like, I've seen it, you know. Um, but no, it was exciting. Yeah, I want to see Johnny Depp. <laughs> yeah, he's coming. Yeah. Oh, we had a really busy week, too. I'm mm-hmm. proud of us. Mm-hmm. A lot of the content got put out. Yep. Um, our free NFTs for Witches guide on our website got put out. Yep. So it's like all the NFT basics you need to know. It's on our website for free download. Yeah. And then it's a precursor to Web3 for Witches, which is a very detailed clear, efficiently organized breakdown of everything Web3, from DAOs to minting your NFTs to what is digital ownership and collective ownership. It's going to be your new favorite guide. I'm really excited about it. Cool. Yeah. What else do we work on this week? Oh. You know, I got a, last week, before we recorded the podcast, I got a question on our Instagram. I thought today would be a really good day to talk about, drumroll, the Ethereum upgrade. Oh, right. Okay. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the exact question was the kiln merge. They'd like us to talk about the kiln merge. And the kiln merge is essentially... And you're saying K-I-L-N. Okay. Does it sound like I'm saying that? Kiln? Am I saying it right? I'm not hearing the end when you say it, but maybe that's just... The kiln. Mm -hmm. Um, But essentially, kiln is the first public testnet before Ethereum transitions to proof of stake from proof of work. Oh, okay. So I think, you know, we can kind of break it down from the beginning, right? Because I think first thing to know is have an understanding of the protocols yes. and like what they are and what they mean. Perfect. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about the environment and this is. Yeah, this is a great, is a great segue into that. Um, protocols. I was actually shocked because somebody asked us about this um, in our DMs a couple of days ago. And I was sure we had put this information out because mm -hmm. this is like one of the basics, but we're just getting around to it, oh, I guess. it's in our guide. Our 16 it's coins in, for Yeah, it's in one of our guides. <laughs> uh, no, we left 2020 in the past. <laughs> but yeah, it's in one of our guides, 16 coins for 2022. But we've never published anything on our socials or in our blog about protocols. So here is the 411. And we also have a post going up today. So it will be in our Instagram by the time you hear this. Mm -hmm. So protocols are a set of systems that tells a blockchain how to operate. So think of them My as... My and daddy of the blockchain. Exactly. Okay. They're the ones that keep the blockchain acting responsible, like functioning as it should. It's codes, essentially. Okay. So totally moms and dads. Okay. Um, so they're just trying to raise their kid, keeping the blockchain going as it should, um, making sure it's following the instructions. So protocols each operate differently. And there are a lot of them. Um, a huge question we get is the environmental aspect. Mm -hmm. And protocols play a big part of that. Um, so the two most popular protocols you'll see now are proof of work and proof of stake. And proof of stake is more energy efficient than proof of work because the rules it functions by are different than the proof of work model. So to give you a, a 30 second explanation of each, proof of work is based on cryptography, which is a form of mathematics. So cryptography is complex mathematical equations that are really complicated and require a powerful computer to solve. Because you have to power this computer running all this code and solving these complex equations, it uses up a lot of electricity just okay that's how it, that's how it is so I, that's the environment exactly yeah. environmental impact absolutely and the thing i think is really important to know is proof of work was how bitcoin came out so okay. this was really the original like v1 version one um cryptocurrency and i think 
something we know as like creatives and like in brand stuff is your first version of everything, your first draft is never the best. So that's kind of how I think about Bitcoin. First pancake. First pancake. Okay. Um, what Bitcoin created though was the basic infrastructure and understanding to create other alternatives. So after Bitcoin and proof of work um, came proof of stake, which is an alternative to the high energy usage and slower transaction times because Bitcoin is also very slow compared to other newer cryptocurrencies. So unlike a proof of work protocol that uses this cryptography and to power the computers to solve the problems, proof of stake um, minters basically validate block transactions based on how many coins they hold. So that means there's no large amount of energy required. There's no complicated math work. It's essentially holders of that crypto, and they're the people who confirm the transactions. Okay. Stakers. Stakers. So proof of stake. You don't have those complex math problems. You don't have a high energy usage. One good thing to know about Bitcoin and other proof-of-work cryptocurrencies is you can power them with renewable energy. So you can use solar energy and wind energy and... I'm trying to understand because you said proof-of-stake is not like cryptography. Proof-of-stake does not use cryptography. You don't have to solve complex math problems. Okay. So the complex math is used the way they're solved. It's a computer running code, essentially, which is creating a lot of high energy okay. usages. Proof of stake, it's validated from the people who hold the coins. So you're not solving math problems. You're not needing those high power computers. Can we like break this down chunk by chunk? Because I feel like you said three things in one sentence. So I want to like understand each section of it. Okay. So proof of stake is validated by people who hold the cryptocurrency. Okay. So validated by, so what is validated by? They essentially confirm the transaction. So they're doing the math. They're not doing any math because there's no math to do. Okay, so they're, how, what are they, how are they validating it? Or like, what are they validating? They're validating that it's a real transaction. That it's a real transaction. Yes. Okay. And they get to be in this group of validators because they have the coins. They hold the coins. Yeah. Sometimes a certain amount. Okay. And then proof of work. Mm-hmm. Instead of, and just to clarify, with proof of stake, it's minting. And with proof of work, it's mining. That, that's the lingo. That's the lingo. Okay, so your mining is using computers to run code. Minting is using people to validate the transaction. transactions. Yes. Okay. So I think the I less get it. math, the better the, for the environment. Okay. And then there's also some other 
protocols, like proof of authority. Um, these are, it's similar to proof of stake. These are validated by approved accounts. So for example, my VeChain node mm -hmm. is a proof of authority. And because I hold an appropriate amount of VeChain, I have that node. Oh, so are you like validating transactions? Yeah. How do you do that? Through my, like my identity, because it's proof of authority. Oh, just that you're a person. Yeah, that you're I'm, a real person. Yeah, and the node is on. That's my, how you validate it by being a real person. Yes, that's it. That's all you're doing. Yes, and the node is on like my phone. Like it's connected to me. Okay. So it's safe because it can't all. So that's what's real about cryptocurrency. Is it is real people are making it happen. Yeah, it's a whole. Okay. It's a whole. It's. The wild wild west and there are there like sketchy places out there with like people running a bunch of phones pretending to be a bunch of different people yeah, twitter oh okay Ooh, maybe it's not making sense now okay so like how corrupted is proof of stake do you think Oh, well, the I mean, thing like, is, where's the corruption happening? If there is something that happens, if something shifty goes on, it's visible because it's all open source. Okay. So you can't erase it. You can't delete it. So if something did happen, you could see it immediately and lots of people would see it. Okay. And that's what makes it so safe. It kind of goes back to community. Yeah. Which is like the overarching aspect. But how do you feel though about like your your knowledge of proof of stake versus proof of work right now? Um, my dyslexic brain is is uh, flexing pretty hard over here about this. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's hard for me to understand, but I think like this is the tricky part about understanding crypto totally. and really understanding what it is. And I think you've explained it really well though. Okay. Where you're like, proof of work requires high energy because you're running these big computers to solve math problems. Okay. Let's remove the math problems. Proof of stake is real people. Proof of work, complex math. Computers. Right. Proof of stake, minting. Proof of work, mining. I love it. And minting and mining is easy because I, I used to think about it like, Mining's really heavy duty, okay. so it's like proof of work and like mm -hmm. having to run these complex math problems through with the computers. So it's like heavy duty mining, mm -hmm. and then minting is like it's like you know it's a minty, like, minty <laughs> like a peppermint sparkle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so like proof of stakes like that. It's just like hey, okay. babe. And mining's like digging for gold. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. So Ethereum is. Um, switching right to proof of stake yeah so both bitcoin and ethereum are proof of work cryptocurrencies um there are some proof of stake cryptocurrencies that run on the ethereum blockchain okay like proof of stake tokens that run on the ethereum blockchain so some people get confused and think ethereum's already proof of stake it's not oh okay. they're both proof of work so one thing to say along with environmental impact is proof of work is slower than proof of stake. So there's also other factors where it doesn't make so much sense to build on proof of work and it might make more sense to build on proof of stake, which tends to be a very popular option. There's a lot of variations of proof and stake. 
Um, but you know, the co-founder of Ethereum is very big about making sure he's public um, and like Satoshi. And he's very big on making sure that cryptocurrency still stands for all um, and not for some. And what's happening in cryptocurrency is something that will benefit the world and not, you know, see corruption or a lot of outside influence. So he's, I respect his fact where he's like, I'm not here to destroy. I'm here to build and make things better. And I think considering he co-founded Ethereum at 19, I'm like, his maturity knows no bounds. I appreciate him. Um, But I think it's, you know, Bitcoin's really a peer-to-peer payment system, and it works very well in that respect. Bitcoin's network, which is proof of work, it's not so efficient as like a payment processor or to be doing a lot of transactions or a lot of trades because it's slow and expensive. Okay. Think of it as like the AOL or Netscape, you know, that's the beginning. It's just easy to relate to the internet. Okay. Yeah. Um, What Ethereum can do on that's different than Bitcoin, although they're both proof of work protocols, Ethereum's blockchain can power and build decentralized apps, dApps. So Ethereum has more infrastructure to be built on top of, which is why you'll see so many tokens run on Ethereum. Um, so, oh, like all the, like, oh, <clears throat> like all the altcoins. Yeah, totally. Okay. Um, a great deal run on Ethereum. Mm-hmm. And so going back to the founder, the co-founder, he... It's important to him um, in the Ethereum family to make what they do more sustainable, more buildable, and more scalable. Scalable. (laughs) It's the end of the week. (laughs) Um, So they they first like launched this in 2019. They first started talking about it. Okay. It's switching to proof of stake. Switching to proof of stake. It's it's taking longer than anticipated. Now people are saying maybe it might be this fall, but um, essentially what it's going to happen is that you're going to see along with transferring to proof of stake, you're going to see Ethereum have faster um, transactions, lower fees. So we're not going to be seeing the Ethereum gas fees we see now, which is fantastic. Um, And I think it's going to make NFTs and just so much more accessible and even just to move between liquidity pools and stuff so much more easy. Um, And it's also going to be more sustainable and lower the energy usage. Um, It's going to be made more secure as well. I'm not sure if that's actually from being in proof of stake because from my understanding, proof of work is slightly more secure. so I need to dig into that a little more, but I'm really excited to get this like smarter, stronger network. Yeah. I just, I think it's good. And I think it will make me feel better about buying Ethereum because I mean, I've been holding Ethereum for years and um, 
I hold a lot more Ethereum than I do Bitcoin. It's always mm -hmm. been kind of my um, large cap of choice. Okay. Um, because of just does it have unlimited? Like, are they working towards like mining all of it or no? It's minting. minting. So yeah. So it's it's essentially just going to move over. It's going to that minting model. So the, okay. you won't mine Ethereum anymore. Okay. What that means is a lot of miners are going to move to other proof of work. So Bitcoin has a limited amount. Ethereum also? Yep. Okay. Every um, market supply is different per okay. coin or token. So Bitcoin has a very small market supply. Um, an altcoin like OMG has a really low market supply. Solana has a low market supply. Um, and then there are crypto coins that have a lot, like... Um, Doge, um, but even Polygon has a lot. V Chain has a lot. So right now, I mean, people think it's happening soon because they're essentially testing it right now on Kiln. Gotcha. And that's where we come kind of full circle. So it's officially being tested to make sure that the validation works. And I'm excited. So this is supposed to be the last test net before the public test nets are upgraded. So fingers crossed, it's gonna be soon. Um, cool, exciting. Yeah, I think it's great. Ethereum got a little bump when like the merge was deployed on Kiln, like people got a little excited. Um, there was a little spike, but I mean, everything seems to be going smoothly and I'm really excited. One thing I, I learned recently, uh, we included this in our last Crypto Witch Club quiz, is I didn't know that seven, Cambridge has a Bitcoin um, energy efficiency. Who does? In the UK? Yeah. Okay, they have a what? They have um, a special place people study, and they study Bitcoin and cryptocurrency energy utilization. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, so they're teaching this in universities. Yeah, which is wild. So they're actually studying, like researching it, okay. and they're gathering all this data on what type of energy people are using mm -hmm. to mine their proof of work, oh, cryptocurrencies. Wow. And can we do a post about like one of their quotes or definitely some stats? Yeah, but one thing I learned is 70% of miners use some form of renewable energy in their mining mix. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was more than I thought. Nice. Yeah. I'm interested to see what happens there. Yeah, me too. I mean, I feel like the environment is such a pain point for some people to even consider getting involved in crypto. So. Yeah, and I think it's just about education, about mm -hmm. how to do it sustainably, mm -hmm. and, you know, what projects are important to you. So you should really only invest in things you believe in and, yeah. you know, you feel are ethical and right for you. So to, to me, there's um, no difference in investing in most cryptocurrencies versus if I invested in gold or 401k and what those companies contribute and fossil fuels. And um, But I've also had years to study up about the environmental impact of cryptocurrency and to mm -hmm. see how things are getting better and better which is exciting. Um, but when you can do more with an energy efficient crypto, you know, it behooves you to, to go that way. 
And I love that. That's great. Yeah. Incentivization. Yeah. Is that a word? Incentivization. Incentivize. Incentivation? <laughs> I feel like it should be a word. Um, I mean, it's really just amazing, like the power of decentralization. And speaking of decentralization, I saw the wildest thing today about, I'm not going to show you, don't try to peek my phone. (laughs) I sent it to you already. Um, so the company formerly known as Facebook, um, I'm reading this from one of our favorite um, accounts, the Defiant, and it's all the DeFi news. It's great. But essentially, um, Meta is creating a marketplace for their um, digital assets to be sold. So think of it like, you know, an eBay. Like if you're a digital creator and you want to sell accessories or outfits or whatever on Metaverse, like Meta's, Facebook's platform, Facebook, aka Meta, plans to keep 47.5 of the sale. Holy shit. I know. I'm not going to call it Meta in this discussion anymore. I'm going to call it Facebook because it's too confusing, Meta and Metaverse, because it's just, it's just a centralized So Facebook is doing a Meta marketplace, Metaverse marketplace. How does that sound? Yeah, like a digital asset marketplace. And they're going to take almost 50% commission? Yeah. This is through... Wait, that's like such so bad for the creators. Exactly. Oh my God. I hope no one mixed up on there. (laughs) Or watch out. So this is how it breaks down according to the Defiant. Um, This is through a combination of a 30% fee on the MetaQuest store where users buy games and apps. MetaQuest? Yeah. <laughs> They're really trying to make it gamified. We're users by games and optional Oculus Quest headset. Yeah. And a 17.5% flee from Horizon World's meta- metaverse platform. Horizon World? Oh my God. They're really gamifying the social media. Yeah. And I love games. I'm just like, I just feel like it takes, this is like when you see a centralized platform um, and there are lots of centralized platforms I like, like Gemini or Coinbase, I think are totally great for like beginners. And, you know, there's, there's lots of things that I'm like, that's fine. But like with Facebook, trying to make people think a centralized, I mean, at the end of the day, yes, they're creating digital assets. Yes, those assets are going to be decentralized. But it's so like the irony is not lost on us that it's, a company that basically invented and built up web two. And like, I don't think they're going to be able to make the transition into web three. Like Facebook is not going to suddenly become a DAO. I don't know. Wow. So is it? So if I make um, a t-shirt on this MetaQuest thing and they're going to take 50%, but I, I still own it, right? Yeah. I can take it off this plat- their platform. Yeah, you should be able to put in your wallet. Okay. I have to learn more though, because I really haven't been focused yeah. on learning about. I was wondering Facebook. if they were trying, if they were going to try and like Web two, Web three. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> like we played ourselves. Like they just yeah. totally take the whole thing. Take the, back take the to point. Web two. 
like take away the point of it. But no, they're not going to do that. It makes a 360. <laughs> okay, well, it's interesting. I think if you're like early adopters on this MetaQuest, it, it probably will earn you some income. But, you know. Totally. I mean, we'll see. 47.5% though. It just seems a lot for a creator. It seems a little rude. And I think the thing is, it's like- A little like, advantageous maybe. Yeah, that's, that's a more um, astute word. <laughs> but I think the thing is too, there's nothing wrong. I mean, Amazon takes 70% sometimes. So it's yeah. not like Facebook slash Meta is the only place that's doing this, to be fair. That being said, um, it seems just a little hodgepodge because Web3 is all about amplifying and supporting the creator and the artist. So it really feels disingenuous. And I think it's just poor marketing. Is when you make, so this is my question. I'm trying to like wrap my brain around it. If you, are there other platforms that are like making it easy to make these accessories? Like, is that what they're taking their 45% for? Or like, how sure. do you make stuff? So you can go on OpenSea even, okay. or you can do it like from the Decentraland, like on the desktop mm -hmm. and like go in the shops, but you can literally go on OpenSea and you can search by digital land, digital accessories, like all that stuff. So it's not like they're the only ones doing this or they're providing an extra service. Like maybe I would pay 50% to a platform if they were promoting my work or there's artist curation services or it was somehow amplifying my sales. But I mean, it just seems disingenuous when we're supposed to be champion creatives. Well, I mean, are they providing the platform where you can make the stuff to be sold? Yeah, they are, right? Because you can sell your stuff in MetaQuest. Yeah, you, you, can make. Sell, you can sell it in a lot of places though. Yeah. So it's not without competitors. Um, some of them competitors, but I mean. Do you know what I mean though? Like if we wanted to make t-shirts, Clubhouse t-shirts, how would we make those? Would we want to make them in MetaQuest? Is that like. I don't, I don't think you make it in MetaQuest. I think you upload it. So for oh. example, I was looking at Engine the other day and Engine has like apps where okay. you can like no code experience, create an NFT mm -hmm. or, you know, create assets. So you would essentially make something like that where you would make a file the mm -hmm. way I, I have to look up how it's actually done in terms of we've made NFTs, but we haven't made like digital fashion or anything. So yeah. we should dig into actually how to do that. Cause it'd be a fun test thing to do. Yeah, um, like how does it move from platform to platform if they look different? It can't always move from platform to platform. Okay. You have to be, but it can always be in your wallet, which yes. is the key, the most important part. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And as the metaverse grows and becomes more interconnected, there will be more and more places you can explore. Okay. Like meta, you know how like Mona mm -hmm. um, has all these different spaces. Mm -hmm. Those spaces can be connected. So even okay. if you're in a totally different world, you can wear your stuff from one world to the next. Okay. And I think more and more platforms are going to integrate and connect. It's going to be kind of like emojis. Okay. Like emojis match on Android and on Apple. They just look a little different. <laughs> you know? It's cool. Yeah. I, I, 
I get it. Okay. Yeah. Funny. So the, yeah, that's weird. So it's basically like if you want to sell your stuff in the MetaQuest store, you just have to accept the 47%. Yeah, same as if you're a seller on like Amazon or eBay and you're hit with like a charge. Right. Like okay. it's it's because these platforms do give a sense of trust. So you're more likely to sell something sometimes on that versus as if you were off it. Like an Etsy, for example, you kind of trust a little mm -hmm. more than if it was a totally independent designer's website. Okay, got it's it. It's human nature. Okay. It's human nature. <laughs> well, interesting. I mean, Facebook is definitely being more Web3 than, um, like, what was Salesforce we were making fun of them? Oh, my gosh. For their Super Bowl ad? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, the thing about blockchain is I think people get really competitive about it where it's like or or, or anxious about it because I think people in traditional finance even those who understand it which I believe a lot of them do um is the whole like this could replace it like replace a traditional finance system spooks people but at the end of the day it, do it doesn't mean it necessarily will and at the end of the day it's a tool for banks and traditional finances to be able to be more efficient mm -hmm. and to be more cost effective. So yeah, banks will be still around, but you know, it's a tool for banks too, and traditional finance too, which I think people forget about sometimes. Yeah. Oh, it, okay. it, it's a tool for everybody. I have this great tweet. I'm okay. going to pass you. Um, it's from Allie at Son of Allie, who I think I actually quoted her tweet before, mm -hmm. but it's describe Web3 in one word. Okay. Do what? <laughs> um, I think I'll tell you ownership. What I, that's what I said. Ah, okay. That's literally what I said. Digital ownership. One word. Oh, okay. No, ownership. I said ownership too. We're so connected. I was also maybe going to say community, but that felt a little cheesy. I think so. it's a good one, though, too. Yeah. Community is a solid one. Um, I can tell you what some other people said. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Gabby.eth said, beep boop. <laughs> um, look, you can see I said ownership yeah. under Crypto Witch Club. Oh, yeah, nice. Kathy Beabiz.eth said, revolutionary. Oxlux.eat said exit liquidity. People love hyphens here. <laughs> um, self hyphen sovereignty. This person said community or identity. Okay. Oh, another ownership. Ownership. Zoomer. Speculation. Oh, I love this. Dress Dow N said Y in parentheses ours. So it spells yours. Okay. So it says So it's like yours and mine, like it's collective. Yours, ours. Ah, cute. Yeah. That's really cute. Yeah, I'll put it in the podcast bio. Okay. So you can see what I'm talking about. <laughs> Community. This person said no. 
<laughs> this person said, just psychopaths. <laughs> this is why I don't go on Twitter. <laughs> um, I, I love this tweet. I think you will too. mloves.crypto said, marketing is one of the most critical success factors of a project. Key example, look at Blank Face versus Psychedelics Anonymous. Very similar art, similar missions, both minted out super quickly, both Australian founded teams, but one is in a wildly different spot right now. Mm -hmm. Wild. I, look into that? Yeah, I really appreciate somebody who gets that. I'm like, yeah, girl. <laughs> um, I like this one too, riddles.eth. When real people follow, I follow back. Why? This is Web3, not Web2. I have something to learn from everyone. That's nice. I like that. Yeah. It's, it goes back to like what we've been saying this week about microeducation and how um, this like college degree structure set us up to stop learning once we got our degree. We need to continue to learn and teach other people and learn from others. Absolutely. Circle of life. And I like this idea because you've been really hyped on this all week and I've loved like literally every minute about it, but like the micro education mm -hmm. where it's just like, you're right. We were taught to have a really broad, broad understanding of things. Mm -hmm. And then we need to go to college for four years to make any type of real money, mm -hmm. which I mean, ironically, you know, we graduated during the financial crisis. So it was not a great time to graduate. Um, but I really think the most value, I mean, I love the community I made in college, mm -hmm. met Caitlin, all our friends, but at the end of the day, like the most important things I've learned that have made me money and made me who I am, I've learned on Google. <laughs> like, yeah, for real. Well, and you're working with people when, when you work with people too. Yeah, the real life, real work experience is totally. where you learn a lot of lessons too. Darlingoddity.eat says, I don't see a difference in how college churches and NFTs are taking advantage of people's loneliness. And I think that that's probably a negative mindset and you could rewrite that in a positive way. Yeah, definitely. But I think it's an interesting point because it's like, People do go to college for the community and people do go to church for community. So yeah, NFTs are in the same category, yeah. but it's not taking advantage of people's loneliness. It's bringing people together, you know, just, and like, so that people can learn and have. It's definitely an yeah. outlook. Yeah. It's an outlook thing, I yeah. think, because I mean, I think you said about anything. Yeah. Like, why did I rent so many movies on Amazon last month? Because I was bored. Like, Amazon took advantage of my boredom. Yeah, but you could also say that you wanted to watch some interesting content and get inspired and, you inspired. know, <laughs> inspired and, and follow up with some of your interests. Yeah. Like, you could say it like that. Yeah. It's not I, a bad thing. I relished in self-care and ice cream. Yeah. And I don't regret it. It was great. I think also in Web3, things move so fast. It's like this human nature tendency to want to move fast with them. And I feel like you and I have done a really good job of being slow and intentional mm -hmm. because sometimes I just wake up and I'm like, whoa, like so much happened. 
overnight. But I think it's about just like taking it all in stride. Like you're never going to know every single thing. You're like, we're growing every day. NFTs and DAOs were not a thing when I started investing in crypto. Mm -hmm. They came out and I learned about them. I didn't know much at first, but I learned. And I think everybody, like it's okay to be a beginner and it's okay to just start learning because I think that's a difference. Like you were saying, like college made us think we had to stop learning. The thing that makes people successful, and I'm not even talking about business, just I think in life and like their own happiness is literally learning something every day and growing. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing worse than like waking up and realizing like you're in the same spot or you haven't grown or you're not in a different place mentally or. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's more of a growth mindset. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Positivity. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Crypto Witch Club podcast. Subscribe and follow us online at Crypto Witch Club.